Hey, we kicked off a series last week um, called Mind the Gap, and uh, we, we, we handed out some journals. I hope you got a journal, and if you didn't, we've got plenty still available. These are free, so they don't cost you anything. It's uh, one of the ways we are working to, to deepen our faith, to, to take steps of faith in, in our lives. And we take what we talk about on Sundays, and each day in the journal, uh, you get to dig in just a little bit deeper, a little bit of scripture, some thoughts to, to, get, you, to get you thinking. So we, this is a tool really for you to grow and uh, open that conduit between you and God. So please take one, use it. Even if you would say, I'm a guest, I don't know if I'm ever going to come back, Matt, you're a little weird. Um, I get it. Take one anyway and, and dig into it. We think it will help in, in, your, in your development of faith. So we'd love for you to take, take a journal. So Mind the Gap. Where did that name come from? Mind the Gap. We wanted to talk about the gap sometimes between lies and truths and when we believe lies, how it can often trip us up in life or lead to destructive places. Uh, have you ever believed a lie and it impacted your life in a negative way? Yes, like, duh. Um, let me give you an example. My mom and dad told me growing up that you're not allowed to swim for 30 minutes after you eat. Anybody else believe that lie? It's not true. I've done it. And I've lived to tell the story. Sometimes we believe things and it affects our entire future. Some of us not only believe it, we tell our kids, kids, you ate a hot dog. 30 minutes, I'm going to set the timer so you can get it. And it's just not true. There's a lot of things that just aren't true that we've believed. There's voices in our head, and there's a gap at times between the truth and what we have in our mind, and it leads to destructive places. Where we got the title is, is from, uh, Cameron mentioned this last week, if you missed last week, jump online. It was a great message to get us started. And um, we, we talked about the, the London Tube, and you can see this is where the, the phrase first showed up, mind the gap. And this picture, if you look at, at the, the platform uh, where this, this guy's walking and the actual ledge of the train where the doors are, do you see the gap that, that exists? It's a horizontal gap and a vertical gap. It's, there's both. And what they found when the tube was, was first developed, that people, because other people were around, they would often trip getting onto and off of the tube. And if you trip, you cause a major disruption from those around you because then they trip and fall on top of you, and you just, it's just chaos once that happens. And so they started painting these uh, these markers that say, mind the gap, watch where you're going, pay attention. There's a voice in the tube that is saying, mind the gap, oftentimes. Um, I heard a few years ago they took it away, and then they had to replace it again. Mind the gap, mind the gap, pay attention. We want to pay attention to the gaps in our minds that exist that often trip us up and lead to destructive places. So just real quick to catch us up where we were last week, and then we're just going to dig in. Two passages of Scripture that, that 
Pastor Cameron talked about. The first is this. Let God transform you into a new person. And most of us, uh, whether or not you, 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 you believe in God or that he could transform you, most of us, there's some areas of our lives that we could undergo some transformation and we would be great with it, wouldn't we? There's, some, there's something in our lives, there's a sticking point that we would love some transformation. And Paul, 2,000 years ago, wrote these words, let God transform you, and here's how God transforms you. It's fascinating. By changing the way you think, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your mind is laying the foundation, the map, by which you navigate this world. And 2,000 years ago, it's, it's so interesting to me when, when Scripture uh, points us in a direction that modern science and psychology begin to catch up with. Uh, the second one, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we have a choice in what we believe. Whether or not you think it's true, you have a choice whether or not you're going to buy into the voices that you hear in your head. You have a choice. I have a choice. Will I continue to dig those ruts into my mind? And there's neuroscience that backs this. You have these, uh, neuroplasticity is the ability for your mind to be rewired. You have the ability to cut off negative thinking. You have the ability to change the wiring in your brain and create new ruts of truth, new connections of truth. And the way we do that is we we have to mind our mind. We have to pay attention to what's going on up here. Are you with me so far? So Cameron laid all this foundation uh, last week as he began to um, lead us in, in this direction. So um, there is a, a, a modern practice, and it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Have you ever heard of this? You can look it up. Um, Cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm no expert, but basically, here's what it says. Your mind sets the course for your behavior. That's kind of a modern uh, understanding of how the mind works, that your mind sets the course or the path for your behavior. And where uh, cognitive behavioral therapy began, I believe, is working with those who were depressed. So it, it began in, in the practice of depression, and then all of a sudden they began to see, oh, there's, there's benefits of this in other places. So like um, addiction, helping those who are addicted to uh, different things, helping them to overcome the addictions, cognitive behavioral therapy, because where your mind goes, so goes your life. Are you still with me? Um, I want to paint a little picture if I can. The voices in our head, the thoughts in our head, create a mental map of how we understand the world. So think about a map, all right? If you'll think about a map. Our, the voices that, that have the most prominent thought in our head, and it, begins with, it, it, it really begins with our, our family of origin, because those are the loudest voices. I would ask you this. If your mom or dad called you today, would you recognize their voice? Right away, wouldn't you? You would know exactly who it is. My dad has this little whistle that he does. 
And anytime we were out in public and he wanted our attention, he would do this little whistle. I'm telling you, to this day, if I hear that whistle, I start looking around, right? Because it's the strongest voice in my head. I heard it so much. I listened so much um, that it created a, this mental map for me. When I hear the voice, I turn and, and begin to look. And you do the same thing. The, the voices create mental maps for us in our minds. We then use mental maps so what we've created in our mind, if you think about it like a map, this is how we navigate the world. What we've believed in our head will shape not only what we do, but it shapes how we interact with one another. This impacts all of our relationships. What we believe about other people. Let me give you an example. If you are someone who always believes the best in someone else, you're always going to give the benefit of the doubt. If, however... You believe people are out to get you, you begin to isolate yourself and you find yourself all alone in life. Because your mental map, the way that you're navigating the world, is impacted by the thoughts, the beliefs, the voices that are entrenched in your brain. Parents, this isn't to scare you, but you are creating mental maps for your children right now. The things that you're saying to your children, the, the, the repeated phrases over and over and over again are creating ruts in their brains and they begin to believe it. Let me give you a quick example of this too. You're like, Matt, are you going to give us so many examples? I was um, on a plane, I was in D.C. last weekend and I was on a plane to D.C. and I watched a documentary about Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash's brother who he loved, was killed in a horrific accident when Johnny Cash was younger. Some of you maybe have seen this, this documentary. I'd never heard this before. Johnny Cash's father began to tell Johnny that the wrong son died, that it should have been Johnny and not his brother. Now, what do you think that did to Johnny Cash the rest of his life? If you look at the, the, the path for Johnny Cash in the rest of his life and the pain, and uh, in many ways, um, he overcame some of the biggest challenges of his life because he believed he was worth nothing because of the mental map that had been created in his mind. Are you with me? This happens all the time. If we believe lies, our mental maps become distorted and lead to pain, broken relationships, and dysfunction in our world. And some of us could stand up and be testimonies to this very thing, right? Now, um, I, wanna, I wanna look at Jesus for just a moment. And Jesus, talking to some of the religious leaders during his day, gives really one of his longest uh, teachings on who, what he calls the, the devil or Satan. And when I start to use the, those words, it freaks a lot of people out, like, whoa, 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 that's a big jump. Um, but I want us to go there just for a minute, and I want you to suspend your, your uh, cognitive block for just a minute and listen to what, what Jesus says. So he's talking to some religious leaders. This cracks me up. This is what he says. He says, you are children of your father, the devil. Do you think that made them happy? Jesus tells the religious leaders that they are children of the devil, and he says, you love to do the evil things that he does, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated truth because the, there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character. Listen to what he says. He says that the devil, or Satan, is a liar and the father 
of lies. Um, we, when we hear the word the devil or Satan, we get these little images in our mind of, you know, you've got the, the happy and the sad and the, the, the positive and the negative, the, the, the white and the red, the little devil on your shoulder who's telling you to do certain things. We get these, these images, and, and then we, we think about, like, these crazy things that are going on all around us, maybe in, in the unseen world. And while some of that might be true, what Jesus is pointing at is that the, the evil one— who he calls the, the devil or Satan, the evil one, his primary tactic is lies. And that's something that, that none of us can, can, can push against and argue. That there are evil lies in this world that lead to very destructive places. Can I get an amen? And Jesus says the source of that is the evil one or is Satan. That there is a real force of evil at play. Uh, Paul, one of the very first Christians, writing a little bit about this, he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. And this is something we've come back to again and again over the last couple years because so often when we fail to recognize the source of the lies, we begin to think we're fighting against people instead of the source of the issue. We begin to, to make people our enemies rather than the evil one and the forces behind evil. So he says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. So for Jesus, Satan was real, and the devil was real, and the way that Satan works is not in the ways that we think. He works to take control of our minds with lies. And lies are what create mental maps that lead to destruction. Are you, are you still with me? And it's a real thing. In an old movie, The Usual Suspects, uh, one of the, the, uh, the actors made this comment. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Because when we ignore the enemy, we often miss identifying the voice that we believe up here. So, stay alert. Scripture tells us, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Listen, your enemy wants to ruin your life. You have an enemy, and it, you may not be able to see it. It's not a person. There is a force that wants to destroy your life. And for those of you who always are upset with me talking about how um, cats are demonic, I mean, it says it right here in Scripture. <laughs> I, had to, I had to go there. Sorry. I'm just kidding, partly. Um, John Mark Comer says this, and, and uh, Cameron mentioned John Mark Comer last week. Our fight, our, our, our fight with the devil is first and foremost a fight to take back control of our minds from their captivity to lies and liberate our minds with the truth so that we might have maps of reality, not distorted maps, by which we can function in this world. 
Now, regardless of what you believe about God, the enemy, the devil, this is a reality we all face. All of us have mental maps by which we navigate the world. And if the, the mental maps in our minds are lies, it creates distorted maps that lead to destruction, broken relationships. Um, real quick, let me give you four books if you want to dig deeper. All four books came out about the same time. It's interesting to me. I think there's a reason the Spirit nudged these things. If you want to dig deeper into this, here's, here's the four books. Craig Rochelle, Winning the War in Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Craig Rochelle is very much a one, two, three, four kind of thinker. He's a processor. So if you're that kind of person who needs someone to tell me, uh, tell me A, B, C, D and where it's going to go, Craig Rochelle's your guy. Live No Lies, John Mark Comer is a, a pastor, and he is a theologian and practitioner. So Live No Lies is a deeply theological book that leads to practice in life. How do we create practices in life that reinforce the truth of Scripture? And so John Mark Comer is your guy, if that's your, that's your kind of thinking. Get out of your head. Jenny uh, Allen, she's an amazing thinker as, as well. Um, very practical, daily kind of application. So if that's what you're looking for, Jenny Allen's your gal. And then don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Louis Giglio is uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a creative mastermind. He takes this one phrase, don't give the enemy at your seat at, a, at the, don't give the enemy a seat at your table and just digs in throughout the whole thing. So all four are built around the same premise. Um, I, if, if this idea on the mind, and I think it should interest all of us, dig into one. Grab one and just start reading and digging into the ways that we can set our minds free. Now, in the last uh, couple minutes, I only have a few minutes left, don't worry. I want to be very clear that the thief's purpose, Jesus is very clear about this, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus is very clear. Make no bones about it. There is a real and powerful enemy at play in the world, and he wants to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. I mean, that's Jesus' purpose for you is to give you life and give it to the full. He wants you to see the reality of who you are in God's kingdom and in God's economy. And the devil wants you to believe some lies that will destroy your life. And I want to give you some ways to think about this. Steal and kill and destroy. I, I want to, I just, this, this isn't in scripture, so this is me kind of digging in a little bit, but I want to give you some practical things to think about. I want to give myself some practical things to think about. He wants, the enemy wants to steal your joy and your peace and your contentment. So if this is a sticking point for you, if you're someone who contentment is a, a, a continual issue or joy is a continual challenge or you just are anxious all the time, it's the enemy who is bringing this about? He's, he's stealing your joy, your peace, and your contentment. If you're someone who just keeps running into relational challenge after relational challenge again and again and again, 
There is an enemy. There are lies that are leading to that destruction in your life. He wants to kill your relationships. He wants to kill every relationship, every healthy, important relationship. The enemy's after that. And then he wants to destroy your identity in Christ. And I want you to hear this today. Listen, stay with me just for a couple more minutes. Listen, you are a child of God. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to undermine that truth. He wants you to believe you're worthless, you're unlovable, that you are the, the, the fulfillment of your past, that you are nothing but trouble. He wants you to believe that. He wants to destroy the truth of who you are because of Christ. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. Let me give you some examples of maybe what you hear in your mind. The grown man who was always berated by his father. I'm only as good as I am successful at work. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but some of you know exactly what that voice sounds like. I'm only as good as I am successful in my, my vocation. Some of you know exactly what. The teenage girl who's comparing herself to Instagram. I am ugly and unworthy of love. Some of you know what that's like. Some of you, it's not even the teenage thing, but you get it. The adult who never measured up, I'm a bad person. I'll never be good enough. The entrepreneur whose business failed after the betrayal of someone close to them, everything I do fails, I'm nothing but a failure. Some of you believe that. And it's the enemy wanting to destroy your life. The middle-aged woman who's been raised by a perfectionist, I have to be perfect to have peace. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but you know what it sounds like, don't you? You know what it sounds like. Now, um, I, want, I want to fight against some of these things. So here's, here's a quick strategy. Number one, identify the sticking points in your life. What are the challenges that you have again and again and again? What, what are those sticking points? What are the problem areas? Number two, when you identify those sticking points, what are the strongest and loudest voices that you can, you can pull out leading to that sticking point. So if you have a relational issue again and again and again, if you have anxiety that happens again and again, what are the loudest voices that lead you into that place? Capture those thoughts. Number three, replace those lies with truth. And Cameron helped us, Cameron helped us with this last week. Begin to take scripture and find key truths in scripture to replace the lies that you're believing that lead to those sticking points. And then number four, Craig Rochelle talks about this one in, in his book. Write down and repeat declarations that reinforce that truth. So write down something that you can repeat and declare every single day. Put it on your mirror, put it in your car, put it somewhere that you can just repeat every single day. Here's some examples of uh, maybe some declarations. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm not defined by someone else's standard. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm not easily offended and will not hold on to bitterness. Anybody need that one? I love people and believe the best about others. I love people, I believe the best. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within me. I'm powerful. Look, there's an enemy. And whether or not we recognize that he's real, the evil 
the lies that he spouts make their way into our minds, leads to a mental map. And if that mental map is based on a lie, destruction, broken relationships, chaos. Are you with me? So um, it's work. It's work to capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. It's work to do these things. But listen, it will lead to what Jesus called life to the full. Life abundant. Don't we want that? Don't you want that? Don't you want freedom? So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, um, and we're done. I promise we're done. You're like, you said that 23 minutes ago. Some of you are looking at your, your watch. I want you to hear this before you leave. Don't, don't leave yet. We don't have to lock the doors, but. <laughs> I want you to hear this. You are not stuck. You're not stuck. You're not a failure. You're not worthless. You are not unwanted. You are not slave to your addiction. Those of you who have addictions, you are not slave to your addictions. You're not finished. You're not chained to your past. You're not what was done to you. You are not who others say you are. You are not defined by your looks, your fitness level, your job, your achievements, or your material goods. None of that is true. None of it's true. Here's what is true. Because of Jesus, you are a son or a daughter of God. You are worthy of love. You are made new. You are loved. You are chosen. You are a new creation. You are set free, redeemed, restored, blessed, mighty, empowered. You're valuable. You are called. You are full of purpose. Church, you are God's masterpiece. And that is the truth. That is the truth. So let's believe it. Let's believe it. And let's build our lives on the truth of who God says we are. And let's find life everlasting. Amen? Amen. Hey, as people leave today, if you need prayer, we have a prayer team that's going to hang out out front. And so you can just slip up as people are slipping out, and they'll pray for you. McDowell, I love you. Have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday, all right?